Welcome back to the Damn Your Tall podcast. I am one of your hosts, Felicia, aka Fifi J, along with Graham, aka Still Sir Reads a Lot. That's me. I've been reading uh, the Penguin History of the High Middle Ages right now. So is that what we're going to be doing every time I say that? You're going to be bringing up a book you're reading? I don't know, maybe. See how long that lasts. Yeah, it's not going to last very long at all. <laughs> no, just like I said, I was going to come up with a different nickname. And look, we're in season three, 50-something episodes deep. See, this is where I need the... You do perfectly well as your own soundboard, Felicia. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Update with Gen Con. We have 39 days left as of this recording. You're recording this on Sunday. You're going to be listening to this on Saturday, so it'll be less. But as of today, there are 39 days left, and I'm still excited. And Whitney still, as far as I know, has not committed to whether or not she's going. You try to call her out on the podcast that she listens to. She's like, oh, shit. I do need to check in with uh, the people at the shop. Some of them were like, maybe we'll go. Let me check with them. Yeah, you need to tell them to go. I mean, this is like the biggest four days in gaming. Like, this is what gets nerds out of their shells. This is a audio medium, so nodding isn't going to help. That's a good point. Sorry. I, I fully agree. Um, and nerds do need to get out of their shells a fair amount, because otherwise we wind up just not expanding the hobby and nothing happens. And it's bad. Yeah, there's like a lot of people that bring their kids there. You know, there's a lot of families, especially on, I think it's Sunday is like the family day, I feel like, because it's cheaper and it's like less hectic than like Friday, Saturday or Saturday, mostly. No, once again, nine doesn't help. Yes, audio medium means not nodding. We don't have this on video yet. I was thinking about this getting this thing called face rig. So the ones for the YouTube channel would have talky stuff, which means that we would get to choose non-human avatars if we wanted to. So we could have, we could, so hopefully somebody's rigged up a Hawaiian monk seal and we could just have two Hawaiian monk seals going, arp, 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 arp. I'm sure the audio would be our voices coming out of there, I hope. Well, yeah. I want to be uh, Sheldon. I want to be a sea turtle, so. A sea turtle and a Hawaiian monk seal having a podcast. Hey, that'd be kind of cool. But yes, so that is our little... Gen Con update that we're going to be going until basically August until we can, uh, you know, actually do Gen Con. So, I have a little uh, story I guess I want to talk about. Um, everybody, like, again, on last podcast, I told him, like, one of my, uh, your brother was like, oh, you know, tell us some of the places you not told, like, Italy and, like, you know, what we do on travels. And, of course, everybody always is like, you know, what was Rio like, especially when it was like, you know, happening and everybody wants like the tea. So I have a story, I guess it's a little tea. Um, we went to Rio, like we first got there, of course, uh, everything was still being under construction. Like they contracted people to finish the American, like we had our own building. So like everybody else was kind of like sharing. Cause we were like the biggest team. So like, that's not a flex, like USA track and field was like the biggest team. Like we had the most people in that whole building. So, um, you know, it was still being built. Like me and my roommate got there. I'm not going to use any names. <laughs> so just, just putting that out. I'm not going to use no names, no nothing. But, um, we got there and we get to our room. Like it looks like a normal room. We got the biggest one. Cause we were throwers and we didn't have a shower curtain in our bathroom. 
And we were just like, I guess this is what happening. Like little stuff like that. You know, they try to get like, oh, what's it really like in the village? And like, you know, of course, like people were having sex in there and <laughs> they have like just people like bag, like, you know, the little Ikea bags full of like, uh, just like the big bags. They had those filled with condoms. I mean, this is the Olympic village. They better have that. Otherwise, they're going to be setting back a significant percentage of the female com- competitors pregnant. So, yes, they were like, please do it safely. And just hold on. I just grabbed them. I still have some of the condoms because I was like, oh, I want them as a souvenir. Oh, yeah. Every so often I'll be looking through the because they're in the same closet as our board games. I'll be looking through like Dominion, Dominion. Real condoms are falling down. Oh, no. Because they were just handing them. I was like, oh, I want some of these just to take as a souvenir. But anyway, this story takes place with the food. So. Everybody knows the food was not that great. Like, they were talking about it, how the athletes were hating it. And we were told that, you know, don't really say anything bad about it because they'll run and make a story, which, because, you know, they'll run and make a story with everything. So that's, like, one of the first things they said, do not say anything, you know, make yourself look bad, I guess, or make, like, the, you know, Olympics look bad. But, like, I was sponsored by Nike then, and they had... um a place where you can go like an athlete lounge and you can go there. They had, they just give you a whole bunch of stuff. You can get clothes. Like they took out like a whole, like a park or something and they had food there. So when I found that out, I was like, Oh, okay, bet I'll go there. But it was like a four hour trek. Like it was about an hour and a half there and like an hour and a half back. Like nothing was close, like traveling in there, like to get to the village and everything was really far. But in the village, there is like, you know, they have the food, they have a McDonald's. And there was like only one McDonald's and that's where everybody was going because the food was so bad, but the McDonald's food tastes the same everywhere and it was free and you could just go there. And I know there's like that famous picture of that guy that won like his medal and he got like five hamburg, five Big Macs and like 20 million chicken nuggets and stuff. Like you can go there and be like, I want 40 McNuggets and I want five Big Macs and like 10 large fries. And they would just give it to you, which sounds very great. I didn't eat McDonald's, I think, after that for, like, I don't know how many months, but that was the one thing that was consistent. So, that line would be very long. So, this story takes, like, picks up at this line. Like, um, I was just going there, and I was like, I'm hungry. And, like, you can literally get breakfast, lunch, dinner. It wasn't open 24 hours, which was kind of a bummer. It would close at midnight. So, it would open up at, like, in the morning, and they you can get Big Macs in the morning, stuff like that. But I was going there. I was like, I'm hungry. I don't feel like getting on a bus today. And I kind of wanted to chill because I had like a hard practice the day before. And I was like, okay, let me wait in this line, get like a couple burgers and some fries and like a drink or whatever. So like the line was pretty long and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to wait. It'll be worth it because I'm hungry. I get in line and some some uh fellow americans i will not say their names i will use these names instead because i think it's funny harold or not harold helga arnold and gerald because she has to reference an old 90s tv children's tv show in her section on spilling tea and i think it's hilarious so you don't even know i i don't even know if it was um i can't remember how many people but i'll just say there's three for this purposes um and they could all be men. They could all be women. You don't know. So I get in line and I'm waiting there for about 15 minutes, you know, stand there. I have like my headphones in because I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. 
they see me and they do the thing where they're like, oh, hey, like we know you and we're going to skip the line like that thing. And I was kind of just like, you know, oh, hey, guys, what's up? You know, like I don't really talk to them. I know them barely. I think we were in line and we were just there one time and we were just talking and I wasn't really interacting with them because I didn't know them like that. But, you know, we're American. So we're kind of like, hey, we speak English together or whatever. They get in line and I'm just like, oh, no, (laughs) these people are going to be like, oh, she was like being rude or something because I've had it done to me before in that line because it was so long one time and I was like towards the front and like, I think a couple people behind me, a person was like cutting and people would get mad. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And they did the, oh, we know this person. We'll just hop in the line since there was already there. I did all the hard work of waiting here for like almost 20, 30 minutes and they just hopped in the line. And so they, you know, they actually got in front of me. So I was behind them. <laughs> they got in front of me and ordered their food and then they left. Like, no, hey, you want to eat with us? No, nothing. And I was just like, at the time, I was just like, I'm hungry and tired. I just want to go back to my room and eat my burgers in sadness because I don't feel like standing anymore. But then I thought about it and I was like, that was just so rude. And I didn't like the people behind me. I was like, I felt so bad because they were standing there just as long as I was. And then like you have like three people coming up and like cutting in line. So like, I don't forget things. As you can tell, this is like almost, what, six years later? And to be clear, all these fake names were ones that Felicia came up with after she told me the actual names when she told me the story this time around. So yes, she does remember extremely clearly, which is concerning for me in our marriage. (laughs) Yes, you should be concerned. But I saw one of the people in line pop up and I was like, oh, like it was on one of my friend's instagram stories and i was like oh i wonder whatever happened to them so i did a little bit of snooping i was like oh i was interested found out they have a child and i was like oh you know okay uh good for them um but they were supposed to get like married or something like that and it didn't happen And I was just like, I don't wish ill on anybody or anything. I was like, that sucks. Because now they're just alone with a baby. So I was just kind of like, dang, that sucks. And then when I was telling Graham this story, (laughs) I was like, that's what you get for cutting Felicia in line at the McDonald's in Rio in 2016. (laughs) That is bad karma. (laughs) And I like how ludicrously unequal these two things are. Cutting Felicia in line is somehow equivalent to being... (laughs) Hey, God don't like ugly. What? You've never heard that I've heard it, but I I, I guess you mean ugly in the metaphorical sense, not that you're calling this person ugly. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't do that. And obviously, I am joking. It does suck for that person. Like I Like I said, that is very terrible. But also, they were kind of like mean to me too like i'm again not gonna say anything but if this tells you anything when i was picking my roommate for like rio and everything i had um i'll I'll use gwen's name because me and her are cool and i don't think she'll mind because she made it very clear she's like hey we rooming together (laughs) she's like you're my top choice and i was like all right cool i'll put you down like she dm me i was like okay because i didn't know who to room with i was just like oh i know a few people you know throwers i want to be with throwers and i think 
I'd even put, because they're like, oh, put three choices down, you know, for your roommates. I put Gwen's name down, and I think I put for the last two slots, not runners. <laughs> Specifically, I think sprinters. And what do you have against sprinters? Jeez. Oh, you know how I feel. It's just, it's different. Like, I don't really interact with, like, sprinters per se. Like, I don't really, like, talk. I stay in my, like, throwing bubble. <laughs> so, that is where I live. Like, whenever I was going to, like, Diamond League, I never really sat with, like, runners. I would always hang out with, like, me and Brittany. If we were on a trip, we would be roommates. That's who I hung out with. Or any, like, throwers. Michelle, like, and she knows everybody. But I would just generally stick with, like, throwers. Which I know people are like, oh, that's probably... Why you don't know? I was like, I know sprinters, but they don't really care. Like, we're in different bubbles. They have their own, like, fight to fight, I guess. Like, we're trying to get noticed on TV. They get on TV. So, that, especially, that's a whole other thing. But that's what I put. I was like, I was like, not runners. And she put, I think she was like, yeah, I don't want to room with any, like, sprinters either. But, um, or runners in general. So. And then did you wind up with a runner in your room? Two, I believe. One girl I didn't know. And the other uh, was Ashley. So she was cool. Like, we went to high school together playing the basketball team. So she was fine. Like, she's like one of the only, like, runners I actually still talk to because she went to the same high school. So track and field is super clicky is what you're telling me. Uh, yes. Just like everything in life, it's almost like high school. But yes, that, that story, like I said, I was like, the main part of that story is, I guess it's T, if you could... I don't think anybody's going to know. I didn't say if it was a man or a woman or it could be a, a polar bear. I don't know. Or a duck. For some reason, I like ducks more than polar bears for the, that personality. Because I just have this really funny image of three, two people walking up to you and a duck waddling in between them. But yes, the main point of this story is if you do something, I probably remember it. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. I don't like and I use my powers for good, not necessarily for school because I was terrible at taking tests. <laughs> Hey, I graduated, so that's the main thing. I had good grades for the most part. But like in life, if somebody does something, it's like I for the most part remember a lot of shit. So But yes, that is my one of my tales from Rio, I guess you can you can say a little bit of tea in there. That uh <laughs> when I saw that, because I, I totally forgot about them, but I was like, oh yeah. They they cut me in line at the McDonald's. Cause I hate when people do that. Cause I've had it done to me before and I'm just like, what the hell? Like you just, Oh, one of those, I know them. I'm going to cut in line. It's like, look, we're all hungry and the food sucks here and we want McDonald's. Damn it. So yeah, that is one of my tales. The food here sucks so bad. We all want McDonald's if to, to give you an idea how, about, how bad the food is. Yeah. Like I literally had that one day before I knew about, cause I was there for like two and a half weeks. Um, I had that one day three times. I had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That sounds horrible. Like, we when we first got there, we went to the cafeteria that they had, but the food was just garbage. <laughs> it was not good. Like, the chicken was... I think one time the chicken was okay, but the food, it was just like... We were all like, nah, bro, this ain't it. Which gives further evidence that one guy's suggestion that we just build one Olympic village and have everything go there. Yeah, like, I can't speak for how, like, every Olympics is different. Like, I don't know how this Olympics food was, but generally, somebody's always got something to say about the food, but I assume it was better than Rio. Well, and also probably other Olympics have things like shower curtains in their bathrooms. 
Well, they were they were on that struggle trying to get it done. And I was trying to tell you to talk to people and make a change. You're like, no, they don't want us to talk to people. And I was like, what are they going to do? You're already at the Olympics. And you didn't. Uh, they could get you in trouble and not compete. I'm at their mercy. They paid for everything for me to go out there, which kind of sucks. But, um, I mean, I did have fun. I like, th- I mean, like when they asked me that question, it was basically like, oh, there's Pokemon Go out here. I was like, oh shit. I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, I want to pull up my phone. And they're like, hey, there's no, like, there's Tinder. What's going on? Because they just wanted like tea and gossip. And I was like, I got a whole ass boyfriend. You were my boyfriend at the time. So I was like, I ain't trying to do none of that. Like, I'm here to try and compete <laughs> properly and figure out what the hell is going on and watch some other sports and, like, try and make sure I get food and pins. I did enjoy doing the pins. That's, like, a whole other story. Out. Yeah, that's a different story. All right, so that's it for this edition of Felicia T- Spills Tea All Over the Floor and then Splashes Around in it. That is not what this is. That is, it's just some adventure stories. Like, people want me to tell more stuff, and I've been to a lot of places, and like I said, I remember a lot of things, so. Well, I'm trying to come up with a name for this segment, and that sounds unique, at least. I mean, splashes around in it? No. (laughs) Felicia spills tea and splashes around. No, that is not what we're doing with this. You know what? Send us some suggestions on my Instagram Fifi underscore J247 or the podcast Instagram DYT pod underscore or send us an email at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. See, look at that transition. You're welcome. It was a much better transition before you drew attention to it. Anyway, Graham's got some uh, games he wants to talk about. Oh, yeah. I was going to provide an update on our second Shadowrun session that we had. Our... uh one that I want to do the Black Lady song for, but I can't figure out how to make it work. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So this one was, we had the team was together, they're in Detroit, and the Humanities Polo Club was holding a meeting where they were going to work with the Mafia to set up smuggling routes to spread firearms to various Humanities Polo Clubs in the UKAS and into Quebec. Because again, in Shadowrun, the United States doesn't exist anymore. Part of it is merged with Canada. Um, and the Humanities Polo Club is the... KKK analog. They are human supremacists, um, which using modern terminology, which Shadowrun is very much cognizant of, they are um, pro-human. They aren't anti-metahuman. They just think humans are the best. That doesn't mean that they have anything against metahumans when that sort of circular logic is, you know, common. So the Sons of Sauron, which is a semi-terrorist organization, is like, we don't like this. So we're going to hire this bunch of brutal killers to take care of them so they get the team together at a tim hortons because this is they're up on what was the canadian border and carney who only eats meat got very angry at the waiter because the waiter pointed out the only thing on the menu that wasn't soy was eggs and she was so mad so this poor waiter her her name's kimber um she her life became hell because when the team went to the meat site where they were getting ready ahead of time and they planted pipe bombs, they used Kimber's face as the disguise on the person planting pipe bombs in the room. So that already wasn't good. And then they waited and waited. And then a total of 15 humans showed up between the mafia. Like the mafia actually sent skilled goons with cyberware and stuff like that. And humanities just sent the chapter heads with some 
guys to back them up. So there's 15 people crammed into a studio apartment. And the team's like, oh, this sounds like good. And they set off the, the pipe bombs and there's explosions. And then they go in and they start throwing fireballs everywhere and gunning people down. It was a big old mess. Uh, the team was loving it. And then um, to finish it off, Chunk, their big troll magician, their big troll physical adept, charged in and grabbed one of them who was still on fire and then threw him out the window. So he smashed through the window and fell with his robes on fire, crashed into the car. So that image of a Humanis goon wearing his robes while being on fire, crashing into the car, became a bit of a meme in setting because people love to see horrible racists get punished. Oh, yeah, and then for absolutely no reason, uh, Carney ducked in on the camera that they were using to film afterwards and said, um, as Kimber, oh, human, the mafia backstabbed us because, you know, this poor waiter who just was, was just selling what the company had, that's all she was doing. <laughs> but, you know, she had, to, she had to look as bad as possible because that somehow made uh, Carney angry. So yeah, that was our that was our little shatter summation. They're fun. I, I like that group. Okay, thank you for that rousing. <laughs> I was actually in that Shadowrun campaign, so yes, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Did you did? I mean, I think the part that you most remember is just gunning people down. Yes, that is what I like to do in that because I have robotic legs and a, like a hip gun that shoots out. Even though mostly you use your incredibly tricked out assault rifle that costs like ten thousand dollars. Yes, and I also have skates that pop out on my feet. But remember in the last podcast we were talking, or a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, the Jurassic World Dominion, Dominum, whatever the hell it's called. The latest one, the third one that everyone hated. Either you liked it or you hate it. Graham told me in that movie he's never seen the original Jurassic Park. So we went back and we watched the first one and I asked him, if like we should continue because I was like, you know, we kind of watch movies and review them because that's a fun thing to do. If you, I was like, they significantly get worse as they progress. And he's like, no, I don't really want to. I was like, eh, you really only need to see the first one. So we watched the first Jurassic Park. Yep. Uh, first Jurassic Park, a lot of this stuff's not going to be surprised, but you know, we do it anyways. Jurassic Park, 1993, two hours, seven minutes. Director Steven Spielberg, writers, Michael Crichton's novel, David Cope's screenplay. Starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Um, dinosaurs go crazy and eat people. That's the complete spot plot summary. Okay, I'm going to read the plot summary. Thank you very much. But you don't need to because that's what made the that's what made it good. Was the movie is about dinosaurs? Anyway, going I'm going to read people. the plot summary. <laughs> you ready for this? We're going to do a little plot overview and then we're going to talk about that. Okay, Graham. All right. Okay. Industrialist John Hammond created a theme park of cloned dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, on a tri- on the tropical Isla Nublar. After a dinosaur handler is killed by a velociraptor, the park's investors presented by represented by lawyer, lawyer Donald Genera whatever his last name doesn't matter, um, demand a safely safety insert certification. Um the lawyer uh Donald invites mathematician Ian Malcolm, while Hammond invites paleontologist Alan Grant and paleontologist Ellie Sadler. Upon arrival, the group is shocked to see a live bronchiosaurus. 
I mean, this is one of the things we noted is we were really ex- we were really going to be critical of the CGI effects because this movie relies heavily on a mixture of CGI and animatronics. And by and large, the CGI still looks pretty good. It's definitely CGI. And, you know, when you see the scenes now, particularly, you can tell where they're matted separately and things like that. But they still look pretty good. They do a good job of integrating them, not too aggressively, but enough that so there's not a lot of like really dumb scenes where there's a really cheesy looking cgi dinosaur and a human in the same shot yeah it's not like the birds or the was it birdemic (laughs) it's not like that bad but um yeah the cgi still holds up i mean of course there's still like some that looks like like uh the one shot where uh they come and find malcolm and he's like in in the rubble and the t-rex that famous little scene where the dinosaurs chase him that looks a little dated but everything like graham said it, it still holds up like i know everything is pretty much cgi now our eyes are like like especially in like a lot of the marvel movies and like you know uh, star wars you can see a lot of like that is definitely just people on a screen on a sound stage like it looks you can tell but this it looks it looks really good because i use a lot of practical puppets and like dinosaurs and stuff too so um, at the park, at the park's visitor center, the group learns that the cloning was accomplished by extracting seeing, extracting dinosaur DNA from prehistoric mosquitoes preserved in amber. DNA from frogs was used to fill in the gaps of the in the genome of the dinosaurs to prevent breeding. All of the dinosaurs were made female by direct chromosome manipulation. The groups witness the hatching of a baby Velociraptor. And visits the raptor enclosure. During lunch, the group debates the ethics of cloning, the creation of the park. Malcolm warns, warns about the implications of genetic engineering and scoffs at the park's uh, concept. What did that say? Scars the park's conceptualization. Uh, implications of genetic engineering and scoffs at the park's conceptualization. Whatever that word is, saying that they will inevitably break down i know you had a lot to say about like the cloning part of this oh um i mean everybody knows that the cloning stuff in this is pure garbage um even though the the trivia claims that somebody recovered soft tissue from a t-rex that cloning in the dinosaur should be possible what we have for dinosaurs now are literally rocks they're rocks in the shape of dinosaurs. You can't clone a rock. It doesn't work. And this whole filling in with... I know it's, oh, but they're the ones stuck in amber. The, but filling in with other species' DNA, that, that's, that's not how that works. I mean, yes, a lot of DNA is dunk, junk because of exons and all that other stuff, but come on now. So, yes. I, when I was younger, because this came out in, what, 1993? <laughs> when I first watched it, I was just like, we can make dinosaurs! All right! And now I was just like, can they actually do that? Because, I mean, science can do some shit. Like, you never know. They might come up with something, Graham. We might have Jurassic Park in the real world. No, not at least not like this. It's coming, Graham. Just face it. (laughs) Okay, back to this. Hammond's grandchildren, Lex and Tim Murphy, join the tour of the park. While Hammond oversees a control from from the control room, the tour does not go as planned, i.e. starting off the plot. With most of the dinosaurs falling, 
are failing to appear, the group entering a sick Tyrannosaur Tyceratops. <laughs> it is cut short by a tropical storm approaches the park. Most of the employees leave for the main mainland on the boat while the visitors return to electric tour vehicles, except Sadler, who stays behind with the parks. Veterinarian to study the tri- Triceratops. That's very hard for me to say for some reason. So yeah, that's what's kicking off basically everything going on. This like storm comes down and basically kills all the power. Actually, it's not the storm that uh, it's the guy uh, that actually kills the power. He because he's trying to steal the embryos. That was in an earlier scene. He. Uh, the famous Barbasol can where he steals like the DNA to make black market dinosaurs because there's always a black market. So, all right, Jurassic Park's disgruntled lead computer programmer Dennis Nedry, I guess, has been. How many times by... have you seen this movie? And you're having trouble pronouncing the cat the characters' names. I don't remember the their names. It's what man who gets spat on and eaten. Yeah. Basically, um, Bride by Dodson, a man working from Hammond's corporate rival to steal fertilized dinosaur embryos, uh, uh, what's his name? Dennis deactivates the park security system to gain access to the embryo storage room and stores and stores the embryos in a container disguised as shaby cream can. Nidri's sabotage also cuts the power to all four to all the tour vehicles, stranding them as they near the park, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, yes, the best one, paddock. Most of the park's electric fences are deactivated, as well as allowing the Tyrannosaurus to escape and attack the group. After the Tyrannosaurus overturns four vehicles and injures Malcolm and devours the lawyer. (laughs) That's why it didn't really matter what his name was. I think he's like the first one to get eaten. Like that made like everybody right. I think they had like a toy set of that. Uh, while Grant, Lex, and Tim escape on the way to deliver the embryos to the docks, uh, Nedry becomes lost in the rain, crashes his Jeep Wrangler. Uh, they made sure to put that in there as he is killed by a, the Speedy Dinosaurs. It says it on here, but I'm not gonna pronounce it because I can't. You're the one that hasn't seen this before. I know. The thing is, as I watched this, I realized that through existing in the world, for the last 30 years since movies were made, I had seen everything in this excerpted at one point or another, pretty much. So I was like, oh, I already know this, I already know that. Like, some of the stuff I didn't recognize, like the scene where they're eating the festival food, like that, I was like, oh, that's new. But yeah, by and large, I was like, I think I've seen all this before. Okay, Sadler helps the game warden, uh, Robert Molden, search for survivors. The only They only find an injured Malcolm before the Tyrannosaurus returns and chases them away. Grant, Tim, and Lex take to shelter at Treetop and encounter a Bronchiosaurus. Later, they discover the broken shells of dinosaur eggs and Grant clues that the dinosaurs have been breeding, which occurs which occurred because of their frog DNA. Some West African frogs can change their sex in a single-sex environment, allowing allowing dinosaurs to do so as well. Now, this is what I'm always like. I'm like, wouldn't people who are super smart be like, 
you know, maybe we shouldn't do this West African fraud because it could change its sex. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, the, the level of genetic engineering on this was kind of cuckoo, but yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. But I'm like, it's always like, and in the new one, it's they had in order to like, they bred like a new dinosaur because people were so used to seeing like the dinosaurs at the park. They had to uh, make a new one. I forgot what it was called, but it was something that had raptor in it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Stop mixing things with things to make them more powerful. And like, I feel like just <laughs> if you're a scientist that does like DNA, I'm like, yeah, don't use that frog. Use this one that can't change its sex in a single sex environment because that one will have problems with. So let's just use this one. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> um, I mean, to an extent, this buys into the long tradition of movies and stories going, no, man should not play with nature. Oh, man should not play God kind of thing, which I mean, you know, to an extent is relevant. But that's that's a huge part of this thing is that that this is, you know, humans shouldn't be messing around with making dinosaurs. Yeah, so let me go ahead and uh, try and pop this out. Unable to decipher Nedry's code to reactivate the security system, Hammond and Chief Engineer Ray Arnold reboot the park system. The group shuts down the theme park's grid and retreats to an emergency bunker while Arnold heads to the maintenance shed to complete the rebooting process while Arnold fails to return Sadler and Molden head to the shell head to the shed they discover the shutdown has been deactivated and remaining fences have been ha, have released the velociraptors molden distracts the raptors while sadler goes to turn the power powers park <laughs> the power back on before being attacked by a raptor discovering arnold arnold's severed arm meanwhile Meanwhile, Molden is caught off guard and killed by two other raptors. And I know everybody remembers that scene, the clever girl. Yeah, that's one of those ones that's done very well. Well, I mean, it's because it's well foreshadowed because earlier he's talking about how they need to just exterminate the the raptors. And he has this little story about how the raptors are testing out, trying to figure out how to escape. And then they hunt him down and they kill him in in kind of like exactly the same way that he mentioned that... um, Dr. Mann, whatever his name is, um, mentions earlier that the that they would they had said one out in front to get your attention while one on the on the side would attack you. Yeah, Dr. Ian Malcolm, that that was so yeah, everybody remembers that. But I was like, Yeah, that that was good foreshadowing. Sometimes it could be corny, but that one he was like, Ah, clever girl. Ah! Alright, the last little bit here. Um Tim and Lex search the visitor center. Grant heads out to look for Sadler, leaving Tim and Lexi inside. And this is like another famous scene. Um, Tim and Lex are pursued by the Raptors in the kitchen. By but they escape and join Grant and Sadler, and re- who have returned. The group reaches the control room, and Lex uses Nidri's computer system to restore the park's power, allowing them to call Hammond who calls out for help as they try to escape the front entrance. They are cornered by raptors, but they escape when the Tyrannosaurus Rex beats their ass and appears to kill the raptors. Hammond arrives at the Jeep and Malcolm and the group boards a helicopter to leave the island. So yeah, a lot of major scenes in the movie. Um, I still, I think this, this just reiterates my statements about Dominion, which is we want to see dinosaurs attacking people, and yeah, dinosaurs are not 
on screen for a huge part of this film, but they are all over the place um, in terms of the setting. And um, yeah, it's just, you want to see dinosaurs being dinosaurs. Like, that's what you want. Yeah, and dinosaurs were being dinosaurs. I enjoyed this movie. I remember I loved it a lot as a kid, and I still like it. I still love it, rather. I mean, one of the things that works very well is the disappointment that they build in from the dinosaurs when they go out to go see the dinosaurs and they don't see any dinosaurs. That works very well. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) I just remember I having so much toys. I still have my little T-Rex. I know we talked about that before, but I forgot I had something else. I had this, uh, I think it was a scene, I think, from one of the movies or something. Because I, I remember I made my mom buy all three because I think I really liked all three. Of course, the first one I really enjoyed and the second and third one I was just kind of like, it's still dinosaurs, right? I think I had little uh, the little velociraptors and stuff like that because I was like, yeah. And I think I had like little Barbies. I was like, yeah, eat the Barbies. Well, I mean, that's what Barbies are good for is getting eaten, for by di- eaten by dinosaurs. Yeah, so I think I had like dinosaurs in like my Barbie playhouse, <laughs> with them just chilling in there. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Why? Why would Oh boy just rolled on his back? He's so cute. Look at the little guy. He's rolling over on his back. He's stretching his feet. He's like, oh yeah, life's good. I'm corgi. And he's like, I'm a god. Oh, oh, he's rolling back. Oh, he rolled back on his side. You heard it here first, folks. A corgi dog rolled on his back and then rolled on his side. Uh, yeah, Boeing continues to be alive despite the fact that he is, um, as far as we can tell, 21 years old, which is insanely old for a dog, and shows no sign of dying, in part because he really doesn't show a lot of signs of living because he's very lazy and very slow, and he always has been both of those things. That is to say, lazy and slow. I also want to talk about Velociraptors just really quick. Velociraptors is a real species of dinosaur that's about six feet long. What they have in this are basically Dionychuses, which is a different species. And um, this has caused all kinds of trouble. Again, movie. You gotta have like a bad guy or something. Well, you can't. It's just it should be called Dionychus. Dionychus, not Velociraptor. But Velociraptor sounds way cooler. It does. So, Graham, what do you you think of the first Jurassic Park? Now you can see like the parallels from like the last one. Like the scene where they're in the helicopter, you notice that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the... Well, that's what I knew about Dominion was it was trading extremely heavily on nostalgia is, um, but they tried to disguise that by doing all that stupid ice and snow at the beginning of the movie. But no, this was mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) the new one. Do you like this one better than the last one? Because you've only seen one Jurassic World like in that trilogy, and we'll see how long this stays dormant, but. It didn't do so well. It did well, but people didn't like it. So we'll we'll see. But uh, I think they should just cut it there and then wait another 30 years and reboot it again. I mean, to an extent, there's not a whole lot to reboot. It's just another story of man messing with nature and then dinosaurs coming to life. I'm sure that if I knew more movie history, I could come up with a dozen dinosaurs uh, come back to life and attack man movies. Yeah, I guess. So yes, that is, I still really enjoyed it. Uh, It's a good go back and watch it again. Good nostalgia. If you have children, go ahead and watch it with them. It's PG-13 or PG, I think. PG-13 for the fact it's really scary to kids. Maybe for you. 
but no, it doesn't really have. I mean, it's got uh, romantic undertones with Ian Malcolm flirting with Sattler and that making the other guy jealous. But yeah. But there's really not like a lot of blood in this. Like you see people get just eaten by a hole. You don't see them get like thrashed and like guts. Like when the guy gets eaten on the toilet, it's just he's just oh, eaten whole pretty much. So yeah. I say if you didn't like the Jurassic World series, go back and watch the first Jurassic Park, and that's all you need. Get those nostalgic feels. <laughs> or in my case, see it for the first time. Yeah, because somebody was scared. I was, what was it, eight at the time? I saw that movie, and I loved it. I wasn't scared. I was trying to recreate the scene when they were in the kitchen. <laughs> it's just like when I it was like home alone, I was trying to like, house and i was trying to come up with like a little booby traps and stuff i was like all right if i ride this i had like a toy vacuum cleaner my mom got i took it apart and i was like i can use this shell to ride down the stairs and i was like i might hurt myself oh well we <laughs> i didn't hurt myself <laughs> that time i did it multiple times before mom got there or noticed i think she was like sleep in the room and i was like if i'm quiet enough she won't hear me I'm gonna do it. And then her mom's senses went off, and she was like, uh, "I haven't heard Felicia recently." It means something. She's up to no good, which is just a good policy to have. You haven't heard Felicia recently. She's up to no good. Okay, no, I was just like, let me put everything back together before she notices. So I never got caught until now because she's probably listening to this. But that was probably when I was like five. <laughs> so I think I'm fine. Well, we'll see. We'll go over there, and I don't know. She'll she'll. Put you, make you sit in the corner for half an hour or something. I'm too grown for that. But you know what's not too grown? This Graham I-D-K! Oh, no. Yes, it is that time. This one should be fairly easy. I've had it sitting in my notes for a while, and I feel like you should get this one. You ready? You said that about the last one. This one is kind of self-explanatory, so you should... Yo, you, you should get this one. And it's it's like another like w- slang word, so you should get this. Okay, go ahead. This week's word. <laughs> I wish I had the like do 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 like music from like who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh this week's word is Ma Dukes. M A space D U K E S. Ma Dukes. Oh, it's your fists. Try again. I will give you another shot. Ma Dukes. Your poop? What? No. One more chance. And that will be your final answer. Ma Dukes. What's another short phrase for the person that birthed you? Your mother? Yes. <laughs> you don't, you're not going to get that one. I had to help you out way too much. Yes. Ma Dukes. Another way to say your mother. And the the word here, or the the person, their name is Kruger. <laughs> Yo, quit talking about Ma Dukes. It's just another way to say your mother, Ma Dukes. Oh, okay. All right, I guess that that's a word that people say. Well, two words people say. Oh, my God. I, I thought you might actually get that one. I was like, Ma Dukes. I was like, Ma, Mom. Well, I got the Mom, but I couldn't figure out how the Dukes worked in. 
like Dukes is like, yeah, your fist. Yeah, that's that, and that was was distracting. I, like, Ma I mean, I was you like, know, like that or my, uh, that or my high level nobility. Like, I mean, that's the other option. So yes, yeah, so you gotta start using like, hey, I'm talking to my Dukes over here. <laughs> I can't imagine it. Oh. See, what Felicia doesn't tell you is when I try to use these words, uh, she laughs really hard and sometimes almost falls over. I do it when your dad tries to say like slang words and I'm just like, stop, stop, bro, <laughs> stop. It does not sound right coming out of your dad. Because he says it so straight face and just says every syllable. Yeah, that's how you talk. Yeah, I'm just like, no, <laughs> just stop. But yes. That is the end of this week's podcast. Follow us. Follow me, Fifi underscore J247 on Instagram, Twitter. Follow the podcast, DYT Pod on Instagram, underscore under there. Also, follow it on Twitter at DY, DYT Pod on Twitter. Follow Graham at Graham D. Mildrum on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, whatever else, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Um, send us some mail because we really want to do an episode of just reading your questions because Graham said he will literally answer anything. So you can send in, did you poop today? He will answer. (laughs) I will. I will. Yes. So send us some emails at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions or we'll just put in, if we don't get enough compiled, we'll just put it at the end of the, the episode. And also rate us on all the, episodes that they listen to give us some feedback what are we doing and we're, we're trying to make sure we get a nice little flow we're we're getting you know comments and constructive criticism so we're trying to work that in so give us some stars yeah i, I think that's it that's my spiel yep so we will be back next week bye yep see you next week bye